Greetings from the island of Patmos and from the Lamb on the throne. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Let your spirit be energized with the word to burn up your brain like a fireball. It's all about your spirit getting energized with the word. It's all about God writing his laws upon your spirit. Overcoming the lawlessness of the carnal mind. The greatest deception of the lawlessness of the carnal mind is, I'm good in my brain. I'm good in my flesh. I'm a good one. I don't need the word. I don't need the spirit. I don't need the morning star. I'm a good star, a dying star. Actually, they're the servants of the Antichrist, the servants of the beast, the servants of the flesh. There's a Christianity in the world that's widely accepted that serves the beast. You ever confront beastmen, beastwomen? Now, you love them. Don't misunderstand me. You love them, but love slays the beast. Proverbs 9.2, wisdom slays her beasts. So if you are dealing with all the blasphemy that comes out of the beast nature, which is the bottomless pit of carnal religion, of religion of the flesh, works of the flesh, and information of the brain, if you are dealing with the blasphemy of the beast, the Bible prescribes you growing in wisdom is what slays the beast. If you go deep enough into the Word, there's no mysteries there. You go deep enough into the Holy Spirit in the river, there's no mysteries there. God's Word is sealed until you go into the Spirit. No brain can understand the Word. The Word is only understood by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. That's how you receive your Gospel. What's your Gospel? My Gospel. It is your gospel and my gospel because it's the living word tattooed on your spirit. It is your gospel because it's your word, the word of God written on your spirit that becomes your new creation reality. It's a spirit word star. The morning star is the spirit word and he is a star. Amen? That's the only chance you have of overcoming the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. But it's getting so powerful now because people are growing so much and maturing so much that it's more than just a chance. Ten years ago, it was pretty dim. Hardly anyone walking in righteousness. I mean, you'd be lucky to find five or ten people on planet Earth that walked in real righteousness, what Melchizedek represents. Righteousness, which is practicing your spirit man out of your inner man through your brain, and your brain being your conductor of you, a ball of fire, a spirit ball, and your brain is what conducts you, a spirit, into the natural dimension. It's called practicing righteousness. You'd be lucky to find five people on planet Earth that practice righteousness. But that's what sonship is, or maturity. Going from technon is carnal Christian, infants in Christ, sucking at the bottle, opposing the spirit word star, continuously, stiff-necked, stubborn, unteachable. We love information for the brain because we love to be in control, but we don't lose control to the spirit 
and to the word and to the fire on the altar because we haven't brought the animal sacrifice. Bringing your soul to Gogatha is bringing the animal sacrifice, the living sacrifice. The flesh is an animal. Most people try to put religion on their flesh and be good. That is vastly accepted as Christianity. But that's not Christianity. That's cursedianity. That's practicing the curse of the fall. When you practice the resurrection and the power of the life of Jesus, the second Adam's a life-giving spirit. You're not practicing flesh. You're practicing the river. What does the Bible do? It separates soul, flesh, from spirit. Hebrews 4.12 It separates you from your body. To be absent from your body is to be present with God or to be in the presence of God. And the more separate you are from the flesh, which is the world, even your own blood to be in His blood, which is called the river of life. That's the new wine. That's why we're drunk. I'm not living out of my bloodlines. God forbid. (laughs) I love my parents, but I'm carrying both of them into the glory realm. Both of them. Love them very much. Been serving them drinks for 11 years, and they're drinking. It's encouraging. Love them very much. Spent the last three days with my mom, talking to my dad all the time, ministering to my bloodlines out of the bloodlines of Christ. That's how you honor your mother and father, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Amen. Living long in the land is living long through your body separated by the Word to live in the Spirit and in the truth. To live in the Spirit, in the fire, and in the star system of the third heaven. (laughs) Everyone's spirit shines in Christ. How bright do you want to shine? Do you want to blot out the noonday sun? Acts chapter 9, Jesus sets the standard of a perfect and normal sun. He's the firstborn amongst many. He blotted out the noonday sun. They're in the desert. It's 100 degrees. Road to Damascus and smites him. And the living word hit the dead letter. And what happened? He got born again. Born again out of the dead letter. Religion of the brain. Serving at the star Remphon. Serving the fallen angels. In the knowledge of good. Good in his own eyes obeying the Bible in his own strength, and a murderer of the Christians. And then Jesus possessed his body. Took him 14 plus 3 years in Arabia to get all the religion out, and then he was sent forth commissioned. You have to understand, too, the commissioning. Took him 14 plus 3 years to get commissioned. He says that in Galatians. Which means, just because you have an apostolic or prophetic calling on your life, doesn't mean you're commissioned by the Father at all. There's a refining process of your heart, soul, mind, and strength in the Word, (laughs) in the river, and with the angels to understand clearly, and it's all about having your innocence restored. It's all about purity and holiness. And it is a lot about wisdom too. It's really having all the Word of God written on your spirit. That's how you get commissioned. See, Saul of Tarsus had the whole Old Testament memorized, but it did him no good at all. He's still an antichrist. He had to get set apart 17 years in Arabia in order to be commissioned, even though he had the apostolic calling on his life. Just because you have a prophetic calling, most people start ministry before they're commissioned. 
before they're purified and know who they are as a ball of fire, as a spirit word star, as a morning star, as a son of God. That's why you have such immaturity in Christianity worldwide, because the leaders aren't even purified in the morning star. They don't even know what it is. They don't even practice righteousness, and no one's condemning them. It's just we need righteousness to stand up against the wickedness of Babylon the Great. You have witches and warlocks here trained in 6,000 years of understanding magic arts. Satan and his angels have never trained men and women more perfectly in the magic arts than right now, and Christians are, have barely even touched righteousness. We're mostly still in the gifts and babyhood. Gifts are babyhood, according to the Bible. Operating in the gifts of the Spirit is babyhood. Moving past the gifts of the Spirit, we still use the gifts every day, so don't get me wrong, but you go on to training in righteousness. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. Moving past elementary things, baptisms, the, the raising of the dead, you know, raising dead people, you know, clearing out cemeteries is elementary. What? Okay. And then going on into training in righteousness. People are like, well, you've never done that. I do whatever the Spirit's doing. That's the thing, too. It's not about being in control in your brain. It's about the Father being in control of your brain from inside you. Those whose minds are controlled by the Spirit are at peace with God. I'm at peace with God. That's what matters. It's not about how many signs and wonders you've performed. That's not your rewards in heaven. Your rewards in heaven is how much you've obeyed the Father and have become His likeness internally in your spirit man. Works don't develop your spirit. Revelation does. Revelation costs you your heart and your brain. It's self-sacrificial. So your rank in God's army is, a, is according to how much you've sacrificed your natural man to live as Christ himself in this earth. And you'd be surprised how little works Christ actually does. There's people doing works, but how many of them are dead works? People applaud, applaud dead works all day long. They're literally applauding rebellion. But it's good, so how can you call it evil? Well, let me just tell you. They're only good works if they're done by the river. They're only good works if they separate your soul from your spirit. They're only good works if they advance the Father's agenda. It's all about the Father's throne. If we have our own agenda and our own little vision for a successful ministry, we become the enemies of God the Father. That's why so few people like this ministry. I don't have an agenda. I could care less about anything my entire life. All I want is the Father's agenda, and I'm willing to do anything. That's the scariest thing Satan and his angels have ever seen, because we're going forward in it. And there's a couple dozen people here on the planet that are like-minded. <laughs> there aren't many. There's a couple dozen, because you get tested every degree of glory. Well, I could easily go all in. Really? Have you been persecuted on a global level? I mean, people have all these opinions, and they've never tasted global persecution. They've never tasted what it's like to be hated by everyone all the time for practicing righteousness and having beast men of the bottomless pit continuously utter blasphemies out of their mouth. The deeper you go into the glory, the more you taste persecution. I mean, look at John on Patmos. God told me a couple weeks ago, Red Letter Ministries is the island of Patmos. That's what God said. What it cost him to get onto his own island. 
the persecution, the misunderstanding, all he's doing is practicing righteousness. You gotta understand that. And it was childlike and it was simple. And he just practiced righteousness. He practiced obeying the Father internally. He constantly brought his brain to the Father's throne in, inside his own spirit and died daily. And just was a constant connection to the Father with no outside opinion, with no will of his own, with no agenda. See, that's what maturity in Christ is. And it looks like immaturity to those who are trained in religion. It looks like rebellion to those trained in religion. Obedience to the river, because it's a wild river. It's a river that cannot be controlled by the human brain, which is the beast. The beast can't control the river. The beast will do anything to keep you from going in the river. But when, they, when you begin to get revelation of the river, it will then try to pull you from deeper depths of the river. Every degree you go in the river of life of self-sacrifice, you're opposed by people who practice the sinful nature, especially religion, which is hypocrisy. And it exposes every single person's hypocrisy around you constantly. That's why they attack you, because they're pretending to be good in their own souls, cut off from the Father's throne. They're not dependent on the Father's throne. They're not even in the river. And some that are in the river, you'll find, I've tested this a thousand times, they're so scared of being exposed for their depth of commitment. They can tell when a Christian leader has a deeper depth of commitment and they will kick you out of the group instantly because they don't want to be exposed, that they're only halfway in the river. And half the stuff they do with their whole life is just their own soul, working iniquity, mostly idolatry, making money in ministry watered down religion, and appeasing to people's carnal minds, even in charismatic Christianity, which is everywhere, everywhere. Idolatry is your only enemy. And it's the dumbest thing. The deeper you go in the river, idolatry is the biggest temptation in the whole world and probably the only temptation because idolatry is sorcery plus immorality. It's all the capability of your soul disconnected from the throne of God and the Lamb in the river. Your soul is only capable of idolatry apart from God. And when you're connected to God inside you, then you begin to melt down the golden image of everything your soul is capable of doing in this world under the curse. That's what removes the curse from your brain, from your soul so that you live out of the seven horns and the seven eyes that slay your soul, like Revelation 5-6, which means crucified with Christ, crucified with the Lamb standing in the midst of the throne. And you also, in the Holy Spirit, begin to have seven eyes and seven horns through your soul, slain with Christ. The only thing it costs you? Idolatry. Control. And it's scary because it's like, well, I don't trust Jesus and you know he's good. But then every little step of sacrifice, it takes the stuff that you think is good in your own soul. So everyone's full of good religion. I mean, that's the curse of the fall. You're born religious. No one needs to be trained in religion. Kids are naturally religious. People are, you'll be, I'll be ministering all the time and people that are atheists would just be religious. People that are rebellious, dude, 
You smoke weed. All of a sudden, now they're the re a religious person because it's the devil in the human brain. You're naturally religious. People are like, oh, I'm not religious. I'm not a Christian. You're religious. Religion is the control of your brain, of the idolatry of your soul, of what you're capable of doing in this earth apart from the fire of God, apart from burning the animal sacrifice, apart from living on the altar. You can only practice idolatry. You'll see it 100% of the time across the board to everyone who doesn't bring their soul to Golgotha to be crucified with Christ. 100% of the time. Idolatry. Idolatry is sorcery plus immorality. So now the fire of God is beginning to burn hotter. Why? Because we're bringing our souls to the altar to burn as an animal sacrifice. The flesh is an animal, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's flesh and blood. It's called mammal. It's mammal flesh, mammal blood. Are you going to serve the mammal? Are you going to serve the living God? That's how stupid it is intentionally because we are that stupid. Me too. We will serve the animal instead of serving Christ because we're so bewitched and deceived by sorcery. And when you come to that realization with those words that are necessary to expose how stupid it is to remain in sin, we'll start actually serving Christ and start sacrificing our brain, our carnal mind, our flesh nature, our animal nature, the mark of the beast on our foreheads. We start sacrificing our religious nature and our idolatrous nature to serve Christ. Why? Because that's how you were created to live in the beginning. To have no blockages in your soul whatsoever. You'll find the river of life will just flow through your whole brain in a mighty river, and you'll walk in crystal clear living water that sparkles in all directions. The only thing that shuts it down is the temptation of the religious angels upon your brain to be good in your own soul. R immorality doesn't do anything. I mean, it, it's death as well, but the, where people get stuck is being good in the brain. You won't get stuck in immorality because you know rebellion is evil. You know black magic is evil. You know that rebellion and witch is as the sin of witchcraft. But you don't understand how deceptive religion is working in the brain. We haven't overcome being good in our own eyes. We still put our brain at work instead of just his brain at work. He's the chief and cornerstone. I saw a vision today of gemstones in a river. And the Lord was saying, this is the great harvest. And everyone's brain was a gemstone getting washed in the river of life. Living stones of the chief and cornerstone. His brain releases the fullness of the river of life from his throne, the lamb on the throne. I saw a river proceeding from the lamb on the throne. And the lamb is on the throne of our hearts. And during worship today, I saw the throne of God and the lamb rising in our hearts, rising in our spirit. And it came all the way up into our brains, slayed our brains, and the name of the Father and the name of the Son were written on our foreheads, which is the full crucifixion of ourselves with Christ for the ability of God the Father's throne and the ability of the Lamb on the throne for the river to be released in a radius all around us. The river is the radiance of the light being. The river is the glory coming out of the morning star. It's the light of the morning star. The Holy Spirit is the light of the star of Bethlehem. 
Jesus Christ, the bright morning star, the sun of righteousness, our purity star. Nobody can be pure apart from the star of purity, the star of Bethlehem. Jesus is the only man that has ever walked in purity since the beginning of time. And any man or woman that's ever walked in purity has burnt in the fire of the star of Bethlehem, the bright morning star. He alone is our white dove, our pure dove, our purity. And so you can just knock off trying to be good in your brain and just worship Christ and let Christ rise in your heart. His holiness is your holiness. Holiness is a gift. It's not something you can do in your soul. It's the burning of the star of Bethlehem, the burning of the purity star. Purity is a star system. It's practicing the righteousness of God in Christ, of Christ in you, and the rivers of His crystal clear glory that sparkles, always bringing new life, always more creative power, always more creative ability, always outflowing in resurrection power upon everyone's brains around you. That's what love is. Love is this river. Love is this radiance. Love is not being nice to people's beasts, as Jezebel wants you to believe. You know, that's the main thing people are persecuted for. They're such infants in Christ that they think being nice to people is being loving. Wisdom slays the beast. Being nice to people's beast is sin. That's phileo love. That's actually trampling the blood of the lamb underfoot using your natural ability to be nice to one another. Now listen, God's the nicest person you ever meet, so I'm not saying be mean to people. you got to have wisdom. But it's the love of God, the wisdom of God, that kills the beast. See, and all these people that are close to manifesting full spiritual stature, the greatest temptation is to still be caught up in your brain just being good in your brain and settling where you're at in your brain and not going any further. We need iron sharpening iron. We need wisdom sharpening wisdom. We need people's righteousness sharpening other people's righteousness. It, we feed off each other. As a body of Christ, members in particular of the body of Christ, and people that are running the race to win the prize, they inspire others who are running the race to win the prize. And you get so desperate, you realize you need everyone. Not just our little tribe. I go to all the different tribes that are in the glory and take from them and eat from them and drink from them and sow into them. Amen? Why? Because we need the whole body. Twelve tribes of spiritual Israel. Twelve tribes of the kingdom of heaven, of the twelve pillars. Amen? Twelve gemstones, twelve pearls, twelve stars. Twelve is the number of divine government. And twelve is the number of gemstones on Jesus' heart, our high priest. The high priest in the Old Testament had the twelve gems on his heart. And then in Revelation, there's 12 gems, those same 12 gems, and the foundation of the kingdom of heaven, heavenly Jerusalem. And they're also formed in your new heart, because Christ is in you. Every single one of you is having God Almighty formed inside your spirit man. That whole city is inside you. There are 12 stones inside you, 12 pearls inside you, and 12 stars inside you. Why? Because God Himself, maker of heaven and earth, is inside you. Colossians 2.10, you've received the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You didn't get just a little piece of Him, you know. <laughs> you got Him. And He's in there. And revelation wakes up your brain to the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
in you. And the prophetic word gels your spirit, making your spirit firmer still. That revelation is so sweet right now because that's how your brain realizes the glory. The prophetic word, the living word, the energized river of life word, the spirit word star. And then your inner man begins to burn brighter and your brain repents of external suns, which is the sorcery and immorality of Jezebel, and your brain returns to the sun of righteousness and then he rises inside your spirit with healing in his wings and beams. That's how you get your angel wings. That's how you get your eagle wings. That's how you rise on eagle's wings in upward circular motions. The paths of the righteous shine ever brighter. They go up and up to the full dawn of day. And your spirit man rises in covenant with Christ. The morning star rises in covenant with the Father in your hearts, in your day dawns, which means your inner man is built up with all the solar system of the third heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and your brain is completely sacrificed to the fire of God. And your brain is completely repented of external religion and external law. (laughs) That's how you overcome the curse of law. That's how you overcome the world. That's how you overcome the red dragon. That's how you overcome the false prophet. What's the false prophet? Having any influence of the external realm whatsoever is the false prophet. (laughs) So you got prophets right now that are 40% of the time false prophets and they're like the most senior prophets in Christianity because we're such infants in Christ. Even the senior prophets have hardly even begun practicing righteousness right now compared to where we're going. Being like Melchizedek down here, every single one of us. Being like Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9, every single one of us. Spirit, word, stars with no brain mixture. 100% spirit with the brain yielded to the greater one in you with no influence of he who's in the world that steals your light, that steals your birthright, that steals your brightness, that steals your mental clarity, that steals everything. If you're not practicing Christ in you, you're getting robbed by the fallen angels a lot more than you know. And when you repent with all your soul and return to Christ in you and start practicing the river of life, John 7.38, with the rivers coming out of your belly and your brain is constantly washed, yes, you must be brainwashed. Washed in the water of the Word. If you're not brainwashed, then you're not baptized. If you don't have your head underwater, Ezekiel 47, you have very little commitment to God the Father's agenda. That means your head is still about living Christianity for yourself instead of God. That's called buildings made by human hands. Anyone that's fully sacrificed their soul no longer has an agenda. Amen. You'd be surprised the deeper you go in the river getting your brain baptized and getting all that idolatry out of your brain, how little of your ways and thoughts are God's ways and thoughts. Because God's ways and thoughts come out of the belly like a mighty river. Your ways and thoughts come out of the second heaven stars that fell. It's cursed. You have to bring all your ways, all your thoughts, all your religion, all your soul to the altar of His fire to burn daily. I die daily. And you skip a day, I tell you what, it can get seven times worse quickly. You could fall in this life so fast and make your head spin like Elijah's whirlwind. Let the fear of, fear of God burn in your hearts and burn through your brains. I've seen people fall so quick. 
you need the full armor of God, especially now as we're really going deep in the river and the enemy is more angry than ever because we're burning up all the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness in the seven mountains and the prostitute of Babylon, exposing all the works of the devil, exposing all the false prophet and the external religion and all the influence of Jezebel in the Christian church. Since we're turning over every single stone, you can imagine how angry the enemy is. So you need all the Father manifesting through your heart and brain, and mind, and body, all the time. Otherwise, they'll strike you with sickness. You need the Father's power to do anything, but we try to do Christianity with so little power, that's why ministers get sick. Do you know that nearly 100% of every healing minister that's ever lived in Christianity died of sickness and disease? You know why? They never practiced righteousness. They had a gift they had a gift of faith, they had a gift of healing, but they never learned to practice righteousness and to live out of the fullness of the Father's throne inside their own belly. They were still carnal. I know God has reserved the sons of God for this time. These are the ones that are predestined and foreordained to overcome death. Because when you come out of the lowest place of your innermost being and don't build anything of the external realm, no shifting sands no flesh, zero soul influence in your life whatsoever, and there's no mixture of the outer realm, only the inner realm of the third heaven rising in your heart. If you build upon the Father's throne and the throne of the Lamb, and you just only let the river do the works every day, guess what? You're guaranteed 100% of the time to overcome death, overcome the fall, flood, have revival, wash away all the works of the devil in the whole world. But no one's ever done it before. Seriously. There's nobody since Jesus that's ever done it. Hallelujah. Which means we're very blessed to be able to do it. I know that's our job in this generation. The mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The full sacrifice of ourselves for the revealing of the Father of glory from within us. People don't believe in us because they can't see the Father in us. We are called to reveal the Father of glory within us. And you reveal the Father of glory every time you grow in wisdom, every time you grow in revelation, every time you grow in intimacy with Him, in your inner man. Amen? And how do you grow in intimacy? Fall in love with the Word all day, every day, just listening to the Word, letting the Word be written on my heart. Letting more and more Bible be written on my spirit. That's the only way you can grow as a spirit. Your spirit lives off of the Bible's words. If you don't have an appetite for the Bible, it's because you're sick and your brain is in control of your life. <laughs> the Word of God is the only bread God the Father has ever given to His children. It's your spiritual food. It's written on your spirit. Your spirit eats it. You are a spirit, but you haven't learned to separate your soul from your spirit. The Word separates your flesh from your spirit. So you only identify as your spirit and 0% as your outer man flesh. Because you're not a flesh. If you identify with the flesh, you'll be so sad because it's just a, such a pathetic realm. It is so limited and it's animal and it's a mammal. It's like identifying with being a, a reptile or a foul bird. Who wants to 
identify with the fallen angels and the demons. I mean, that's what you do. When you identify with the flesh, you're identifying with the fallen realm of the serpent in the garden. They're animals. The days of Noah, they're animals. We need to identify with our spirit and be like Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and only know the Father in us and our brains fully connected to our spirit man. Then we'll be holy, which is separated from the flesh, which is the world. Your flesh is the world. This is part of the world. This is the stardust of the universe, your flesh. This is a fallen universe in total chaos. There is idolatry and immorality everywhere, even in God's people. There is so much mixture, but there is so much hope in the revelation of Jesus Christ, in the separation and the building up of your spirit apart from your flesh, in growing in the presence of God, and growing in understanding God, and having all of His ways manifest through you like a mighty river. The hand of God is the river of life. You want the hand of God upon your soul, upon your life? Let the river baptize your brain today and let your soul be in the hand of God. Let your soul be baptized in the river of life, the hand of God. Then God will carry your soul where He has you in this world. And most of the time we fight the river and then we come out of the river. See, because it's a river. So you can come out of God's hand and do your own thing and pretend like it's God and tell everyone's God, convince yourself and just be deceived your whole life, die and get to heaven and have no rewards. That's how most Christians have lived the last 2,000 years. Let's not be those fools. Let's have our souls controlled by the river of life 100% all the time and then even go deeper. Amen? Sacrificing our agenda. Sacrificing our opinions. That's the biggest one. We have so much information. We have so much natural intelligence, wisdom of this world. We have so much earthly reason, worldly wisdom. It's satanic. It's diabolical. It fights Christ. It's anti-Christ in origin. We need to sacrifice our opinions. Our opinions need to come from the river, and when they come from the river, these opinions will be burning with fire. When God speaks, you know, God has opinions about everything. But it's the law. It's the glory of God. It's the written word. When God speaks, it's as good as gold. But you'd be surprised how childlike it is. It will thunder, and thunder means a powerful prophetic voice, but it's so freeing, and it's so fun, and it's so intoxicating. Everything he does in his kingdom is the house of wine, will intoxicate your soul with a greater love. You'll always grow in love as you're doing God's will. If it's not God's will, your love won't be growing. Your love will wax cold. If it's your will, your love will wax cold. You'll burn out every time. I need to break. I need a vacation. Listen, we've been on the front lines for 13 years and take very little vacations, maybe one or two a year, and just go 100% every day. Why? Because it's so much drunken glory, so energized, so fun. Psalms 110, he's refreshed along the way as he conquers. I mean, the, the more you're warring in the river of life against everything of the beast, the false prophet, and the red ring, which is the, the war of love, the love war, the love revolution, attacking the beast, which is false love, all this phileo love of the soul's ability to pretend like it's God, but it's just blasphemy. And the more you war against it, the more love and the more energy you have pouring out of your inner man. Because God wants to demonstrate His Word. He wants to demonstrate His love. He wants to demonstrate His glory and His energy. This energy can get so strong that nothing Satan has can stop it. It melts every wall 
Every wall comes down. Every blockage, all hardness of heart, all stones in the heart, all stony places of the heart, all callousness of the heart, all weeds and cares of the heart, all of it just gets incinerated by the energy of His love. Why? Because it's supremely intoxicating. You have to bring that realm of perfect divine wine, the best wine for less, in order to burn up all the thorns and thistles and rocks in the nation's hearts. No other wine will work. And God set it up this way so we could demonstrate the best wine, release the best and greatest energy any Christian has ever released to melt their hearts, to melt all the stony places, to break down all the walls of separation, and to unite all the tribes of Christianity under one banner. And His banner over us is love. Because He'll bring everyone into the cup of the new covenant. He'll bring everyone into the house of wine. He'll bring everyone into the prosperity of Zion, and there shall be no lack or sickness and disease amongst them all. That's where we're going. And it's all in the cup of the new covenant. It's all in the river of life. It's all in your soul drinking from the one star of Bethlehem and burning in the fire of the one star that saves your soul. Everyone's soul on planet earth is burning in some star, usually a fallen angel. But when your soul begins to burn in the bright morning star, in the sun of righteousness, then healing is released. Then eagle's wings, which is revelation, is released. And it begins to build up everyone's spirit around you. There's an, a mass global movement of everyone's spirit getting built up right now. You'd be surprised. When people start to awaken, it actually lifts the whole planet into the glory realm. It lifts all civilization up into the glory of His presence. We're going to lift the whole planetary system into the glory realm, and that's actually what we've been doing for decades. Hallelujah. And it's like, once they realize it was the internal work of the priesthood of Melchizedek, and it's been going on for a very long time, all the externalists that practice Jezebel pretending to be Christians will be shocked and horrified. The atmosphere just gets dissolved with the glory fire. And everything you've served in the external realm, pretending like it's Christianity, gets exposed as idolatry. And the demons were basically the only ones inside most of the Christians that even realized what was going on. He's coming like a thief in the night. He's been manifesting from below as we've been looking for him on the outside realm. It's always an inner work. It's the development of our spirit life in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And our spirit life in the inner man getting so built up and it doesn't look like religion at all. So almost everyone in the world has missed it as it was in the days of Noah. Just missing it. Because they don't know what righteousness is and they have no capability of understanding in their carnal mind. You have to be sensitive to the Spirit, love the Spirit, and be totally sanctified in your heart and mind to be able to recognize what God's doing in our day because He's doing it through the inner man. And He's hiding our external glory, just like He did with Jesus. So you could be manifesting like the angel of the Lord and have a wingspan larger than North America, and people can't see your external glory. There are sons of God on earth like that right now whose wings cover continents. But their external glory has not been revealed. It's just internal glory. That's humility. That God has not revealed who we are yet in the Spirit, but He's about to, in the name of Jesus Christ. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redletterman.com, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.